Hello, and welcome to the Mind Fitness Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Ursh, and my role as your mentor is to help fuel, feed, and grow your brain to enable you to live your best life. That's right, I want to help you create your life by design. As the owner of New Zealand's longest running women's gym and health and wellness coach for over 22 years, I've had the privilege of helping thousands of women transform their bodies. And what I've learned is the key to all success starts with transforming your thinking. My mission for this podcast is to enlighten and brighten your day. Here we go, episode number 31. It is part two of our mini series right now of significance. So how are you getting your significance need met? Is it met in a resourceful way or unresourceful way? And in episode 30, we went into great lengths and great depth about how you can get your significance met in an unresourceful way which is causing frustration. So on the flip side, today we want to go straight into how we can feel more fulfilled by getting our significance need met in a more resourceful way. Remember, that means it's good for us, it's good for others, and it helps us focus on helping us become our potential. So let's just have a quick recap on what we covered in episode 30. So if we're getting our significance in in an unresourceful way, which remember that is not good for us, it's not good for others, and we're focusing on fear or worry, some of the areas that you might be able to identify with is putting other people down. And we shared a couple of stories there. And uh, promiscuity, sleeping around, having various sexual partners, gossip, talking about other people or... uh, basically standing on someone's head so that you feel like you're more significant. Also, sad stories about self. If you're playing more the victim role. The victim, of course, that was the next one. And lying in a way that gets us caught. And then the last one was rebellion. And one of the questions we asked was, which one do you identify with the most? Like, which one is standing out for you? So today what we're going to do is we're going to see, are you having more fulfillment or more frustration when it comes to your significance. Because once you create awareness of where you are right now, guess what? You get the opportunity to create change in any direction that you want. And I am super excited to share this with you today. So let's get started. What is significance? Well, remember we covered this in episode 30. It's about you feeling unique. You want to feel important. You want to feel special, needed, or it's about you having your independence. So let's jump into how we can get significance met in a more resourceful way, in a way that makes us feel more fulfilled. So number one is the leader of self and the leader of others. And why does that matter? Because when you're leading yourself and you're leading others, you don't have time to put other people down. You don't have time to play the victim. And you don't have time to tell sad stories about yourself. And guess what else? You don't have time to gossip. So when you're leading yourself and when you're leading others, right, when you're taking ownership and taking responsibility, you are getting your significance need more resourcefully, which is more sustainable in the long run. As John Maxwell says, a leader is one who knows the way, goes the way and shows the way. What's not to love about that quote? Like, that's pretty profound, really. They know the way, they go the way, and they show the way. 
What I really love about that quote is it just, it sums up leadership so nicely. Like when you are taking ownership and taking responsibility for your own life and you're not playing in someone else's sandpit, right? You are, you're, you're really confident in which direction you want to go. You know the way, you find the way, whether you get a coach, whether you get a mentor, whether you are that person that is inspiring or motivating other people, you are making sure that you are leading by example. That makes you feel unique. That makes you feel important, makes you feel special, needed, and guess what? You're independent. So it's ticking all the boxes. And we've just started, actually, i just share with you one of these the stories, is that one of the ways that we've been able to implement this is we've started a group on Saturday of 20 beautiful women between uh, age 19 and 24 and it's called our big sister program and it's our first program so it's our pilot program that's all about uh, nutrition it's all about training and it's all about mindset so we're focusing on the triangle so that we can hit the physical spiritual and emotional needs of these beautiful young women and what we we have a group of 20 women in there and so even though the group is a small group what we've decided to do is make sure that we have five uh, four groups of four sorry four groups of five people and out of that group we're going to make one person the leader and potentially rotate the leader every week and i had one of the ladies ask me why why are we having to why am i the leader I'll tell you why you're the leader, because not only are you going to be seen and you're going to be heard, you're also going to, guess what, you're going to know the way, go the way and show the way to your fellow teammates. You're going to make yourself and them feel unique, important, special and independence. How good is that? So if you're in a position where you're able to give a leadership role to somebody, whether it's your children, whether it's your family, or whether it's in your workspace, we highly recommend that you take and use this number one tool on how to help people get their significance met in a really resourceful way. Because remember, we're dealing with a bunch of 20 or 90 to 24 year old women. And I don't know about you, but when I was living at that era, in fact, probably also in my 30s, it was nothing for me to put other people down. So if we can teach them leadership at that young age, then we're starting to make them get their significance need in a more resourceful way, which is going to make them have a more fulfilled life. It's a win-win situation. Okay, let's hit number two, volunteer work. Now, why does that matter? Because otherwise, as we said earlier, you could be stuck in frustration land. You could be lying in a way that gets you caught. You could be the rebel. You'll be a little bit rebellious. You could be putting other people down. But when you volunteer for other people or other jobs or other responsibilities, then again, you're going to be feeling unique. That makes you feel unique. You're doing something that's really important or special. And that makes you feel important. And that makes you feel special. And I just want to share a story with you. So when I was a little bit younger, I was living in uh, Sydney and the gay scene back then was all about drugs and all about alcohol. And I'd, I'd moved from Port Douglas and I moved down to Sydney and I thought, you know, I was getting into the environment where that was not really serving me. In fact, the environment that I was living in was actually harming me. So one of the things that I chose to do was get involved in some volunteer work. So what that meant was that I had to find an organization or a company that would allow me to do some volunteer work, even though I was doing my full-time job. So 
I wanted to be able to give back to the gay community, so I volunteered at the AIDS Foundation. And what this meant is it gave me connection. It gave me the ability to, you know, like on Christmas or New Year's or any time we had any functions within the community, I could go and do fundraising for them. I could also do like weekly sitting in and helping them with meal prep. I could also be there on Christmas Day and sit down at a table with other people that were struggling with AIDS at the time. And I was helping to uh, organize finances and money for the AIDS Foundation. Now, what did that give me? I tell you what it gave me is a sense, a huge sense of fulfillment. It was bigger than myself. It didn't necessarily make me feel unique. It did make me feel important. It made me feel special, but it also made me feel extremely fulfilled that I was able to give back to a community that had served me really well while I was living in Sydney. It gave me the opportunity to sit down and listen to many, many people's stories and be the person that was there sitting in a conversation with people where maybe perhaps their family had turned them away. Maybe perhaps they were no longer recognized as a normal human being. So a lot of people, you know, back then when AIDS was come out, it was still one of those scary things and people were not wanting to be around anyone that was diagnosed with AIDS or had AIDS. So what it gave me is another opportunity to come from a place of love and compassion and it reduced my judgment. But what it also did was it reduced me putting other people down. It, you know, it minimized the fact that I was now living in a different environment of a party scene. So it, I didn't need to get my significance need met as much as what I did, even though I was still in the party scene in, in Sydney, right? So I'm not going to deny that I was still doing that. I was also being a rebel in the party scene. But by me just volunteering for the two years there that I was in Sydney, that actually made me feel unique and that made me feel important. So I'm curious. Where in your community right now could you give back and how would that make you feel? What would you be able to give back? What's an area or a company or a business that you're really passionate about? What's a group that you're really passionate about that you could make a difference to? You know, and sometimes it, it takes one hour of your day. Sometimes it takes two hours of your days. So, you know, it can be any, you can put any time limit on it. But I believe giving back fills your heart so that's something that i highly recommend okay number three sam speaking up oh <laughs> i made her say that because sometimes she doesn't like speaking up <laughs> so why do you think that that one's important well i think that's quite often if you flip it if you're not speaking up you're probably gossiping putting other people down and playing victim in the background because you're not actually saying what you need and putting your needs out there so that you can find help and support. So instead you bottle it all up because you don't want people to know what you're going through and that turns you into a putting others down, gossiping, victim mode. Some people it might put you into rebellion. But I think that most people that don't speak up are probably quieter people who don't have a voice so they're not usually a rebel. I think the rebels are usually quite clear on what they want and they usually say it out loud. But for quieter people, like for myself, it's very easy to shut down and not speak up. Um, fear of people finding out that you're not perfect or you're just too scared to say anything. It's just not in your personality. But then you're going to have to go to the other side. You're going to have to find another way of getting your significance if you're not able to speak up, if you're not able to voice your opinion, if you're not able to be heard. Because when you speak up, 
You feel like you're important. What you have to say matters. Mm. You feel like special. And maybe by speaking up, you can actually help someone else so you feel needed. And most importantly, by speaking up, you have the ability to be more independent because you don't rely on others to fix your problems all the time and to stand up or speak up for you. So speaking up just gives you a, a personal fulfillment, that feeling that you are significant, really. Yeah. And that you do matter because you know you do. So what would you like to say to people that are in a similar situation right now that, you know, maybe when they were growing up with in a, in a household where parents said, you know, you should be seen and not heard or, you know, whenever they spoke when they were growing up and their parents were like always telling them to be quiet or they're too noisy or what they say doesn't matter and all of those things. Like, and I'm not saying that that was your household, but, mm. you know, this was, it was a confidence issue for you. Right about yeah. speaking up yeah. and not feeling like your voice was worthy. Yeah. So, what would what advice would you give to people that are struggling with speaking up? I think first of all, you just have to start little steps. You don't need to suddenly go from Sam shy to Ursh confident. <laughs> <laughs> but it's about just taking those small steps and proving to yourself that when you do say things, people do listen. Because if it's something from childhood and you're holding on to that from when you were like five or seven or ten, you were a child then. Not that that's excusing it, but it doesn't mean that now that you're 15, 18, 20, 30, 40, 50, 80, 90, however old you are, it doesn't mean that those rules still apply. It doesn't mean that you still need to be the one that shuts up and just listens or children are to be seen and not heard. So... I, that's definitely something that I have tried to do more of as, is actually speaking up. And now that you're an adult, it's <laughs> actually okay for you to have an opinion. It's okay for you to say how you feel. It doesn't need to be done in a disrespectful way. So like for my family, respect is huge. We've, we all respect each other mm. and we treat each other really with respect. It's um, a huge in, value. In my family, you will not see people yelling at each other you will not none of I've never had an argument with any of my siblings um, you just wouldn't speak to each other in a nasty way but if you have something to say you can say it and you can actually it will be taken in the right manner if it's spoken in the right manner but if you start ranting and raving and you go from not speaking at all to suddenly screaming because you're so frustrated of course it's not going to be taken in the, the way it needs to be taken. So just think your delivery is important, but your voice is important too. That's how I would go. I like that, Sam. High five. Yeah. See, I deliberately said, I, I asked Sam to speak up about that. And I guess, you know, one of the things that you've done now is from instructing. Mm. Hey, everybody thinks I'm super confident and I'm like really out there. I'm like super shy. <laughs> But being up on stage, you can't be shy. You can't stand in the corner and hope that the, the next 45 minutes of class is just going to disappear. You you step into that role because you're there as a leader. So just like we had at the beginning, mm. you're leading. I'm leading a group of people through mm. health and wellness. And if I jump up on stage and I don't want to speak and I'm super quiet and I look at the floor and I don't give confidence to people on the floor to do what they need to do and I don't speak up, like, it's actually using my voice and that's given me confidence in other areas of my life now where I am able to use my voice. And I mean, it's believe it or not, being an, like being an instructor does give you significance because you're in front of a group of people who need your help. So you feel special and needed because you're making a difference to individual people's lives by them being there. 
it is I feel so special that I get to be that mm. person that helps to motivate every single person in that room because who knows what it took for those people to get Come in the car and class. get to the gym yeah exactly you know, what have they given up at home what have they left behind what's happened in their day what fears do they have about being in a room for the first time so yeah speaking up is important and don't be too scared to do it and you will feel so much fulfillment and your significance need is going to be met in such a wonderful way that you're not even going to have to go to the, this other side of, of victim gossip and sad stories mm-hmm. to try and get that attention. You're actually going to do it with positive positive language, positive um, affirmations, saying how, what you need, telling people around you what you need from them so that they can, you, they can give you what you need because you love, obviously, you love to give other people what they need, but you're probably unlikely to actually say what you need and people want to give it back, surprisingly enough. So there's a really cool quote that we found, which says, speak up because the day you don't speak up for the things that matter to you is the day your freedom truly ends. That's pretty powerful, right? Yeah, and I guess that's pretty relevant right now with, you know, all the mandates and all the human rights and everything that's going on right now and and around the world. We see people that... uh, you know, like the convoy in, in Canada is just an example. And I know every country is doing protests at the moment regarding these mandates or re- regarding human rights. And there's some people that are sitting back and they're thinking like, who are they to speak up? And, you know, they're like the dregs of society. And I, I don't know what Jacinda called them, but I think it was something along those lines. And it's like, well, actually what they're doing is actually speaking up for the greater good they're not sitting down putting other people down so you know by you know Jacinda turning around and saying you know these are the dregs of society she's actually putting other people down and that's helping her get her significance need met so really interesting to get that contrast frame on it Mm. and um, you'll see it a lot in politics Mm. it's a it's a thing that significance wise they're often instead of staying focused in the positive they can quite easily flip into the negative and I mean you look at when when politicians are fighting for elections how they gossip they put others down (laughs) like they're constantly I don't know about sad stories but they do lie they lie in a way like any politician will lie they say right (laughs) being rebellious yeah so it's it's not uncommon to see it in many areas it's not just in in our personal lives you'll see it across the board Mm. all right number four is achieving a goal. Oh, this is so magical and so easy. And it's it's something that we're so passionate about as, you know, owning a woman's only gym and training thousands upon thousands of people in the last 20 years is if you don't have a goal, you don't have a purpose. If you don't live your passion, then your purpose doesn't exist. So you're now starting to feel or um, perhaps tap into more frustration in an, un, an unresourceful way. Because remember, it's you're doing things that aren't good for you, they're not good for others, and you're focused on fear or worry, which means that you're putting other people down potentially. So a lot of people get really stressed about setting a goal. And I just want to have this other quote from Michael Hyatt uh, from the book, and I'm just trying to think what the book, The Best Year, uh, The Best Year, that's what it was. And he says, I can do anything I want. I just can't do everything I want. So what that means to me is you need to be really damn clear about what it is you want. 
One of the most common things that I find in, in the coaching arena and also in the gym arena is that most people spend so much time thinking, dreaming and being in a space of what they don't want. I don't want to be overweight. They're obsessed with what they don't want to achieve as opposed to what they do want to achieve. And so their brain, their reticular activating system is focusing and bringing in more things about what they don't want. So if we're really clear on what the goal is that we want to achieve, then we're training our reticular activating system. We're going to have more fulfillment. It's not about achieving the goal. It's about the journey and the destination to get to the goal. And we always work with our clients one-on-one -on -one and we always set up a certain outcome and a certain goal that the client wants to achieve and how do you feel I'm curious like have you ever set yourself a goal and it just changed the trajectory of your life maybe it was that significant maybe your health was on the downward spiral and maybe you know you were eating yourself to death and you know we, we used to own a uh, men's weight loss clinic which was called fat man slim and it was a based around a boxing studio and, you know, it wasn't uncommon for us to have guys. I think the, the lightest guy was about 120 yeah, we kilos. Yeah, like 230, so, 240 was our, our biggest boys. Yeah. And, you know, we would often say to them, you know, what's your goal? Well, I don't have a goal. We'll be like, well, whatever you focus on, you're going to bring into fruition. So we need to sit down and we need to set a goal. And when we first started that, business we actually had to teach the guys how to set a goal they were so used to being a lot of them were ex-players like league or rugby so they were based in a team so they weren't used to individual goals it wasn't about celebrating their weight loss for them even though they signed up on part on our fat men slim program as a weight loss program so to be able to set a realistic goal for them and what was really interesting is watching the huge amount of weight loss that we had from these wonderful guys. And what ended up happening is they were able to spend more time with their families, more time with their loved ones, more, you know, running around in, in the park and pushing their kids on a swing. And all of that was because they actually put their needs first and had the courage to set a goal that they never thought possible. And I'll never forget those guys because they were, you know, that changed the trajectory of our life. And it was probably one of the hardest things that we ever had to do was to shut that business. So, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said about achieving a goal. By reaching for what appears to be impossible, we often actually do the impossible. And even when we don't quite make it, we inevitably wind up doing much better than we would have done. There is plenty of golden nuggets in that best year ever book. So if you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. So to sum it up, basically, if you're in achieving a goal mode, or mindset, you're in a positive eh? mm. mindset because goals are always going to be something positive unless you're very bad at goal setting. So it's going to be something that you're wanting to achieve. And so you're going to be in a really positive space. So if you're not achieving a goal of some kind, the flip side of that is you're going to be telling sad stories about yourself, right? Which is full of frustration and is going to give you that significance in a very unresourceful way. And when you're telling sad stories about yourself, you're probably also putting other people down. In a big way. In a so big way because you can't be the only one whose life is this mm. terrible. You have to drag everyone else down with you and you're going to end up in victim mode. Poor me, poor me, poor me.
Maybe they know people like that. Like, oh, I'm sure we all know somebody <laughs> like that. There's always someone, someone in your family, someone that you've been friends with, someone you try not to spend too much time with because it's very draining. But if all you need to do to turn that around, to turn that negative mindset of putting others down, of um, telling sad stories about yourself and being in victim mode, all you need to do is find yourself a goal that you're passionate enough about to change those ways of thinking and go into a more positive mindset. You're going to get your significance need met and you don't have to do it with all that negative energy. You can move yourself forward into a really positive mindset. It's like it's like the golden nugget of significance. So if you currently don't have a goal in mind, align with people that do, hang out with people that do, make sure that your friends are the people that challenge you. And if you don't have people in your direct arena or in your immediate circle of friends, get yourself a coach. Like I have a coach that challenges me that makes sure that I get my financial goals. I have another coach that makes sure that I hit my uh, coaching goals. So when we have goals, we will feel way more fulfilled. We are less likely to put other people down. So Next time this happens, I want you to give this a go. When you notice that you or someone else is putting other people down, just ask them. I'm just curious. What are your current goals? (laughs) Sneaky. Sneaky. All right. And the final one, number five, is mastery in our field or our endeavors. So basically what it means is that you... Instead of just being the person that goes to work and you do your thing, you become a master. Mm. You learn how to do it exceptionally well. You focus your intention on growing yourself, growing your abilities, um, becoming more knowledgeable in your field. If you're in a practical field, you learn more knowledge. So, for, for example, a builder, when they start as an apprentice, they don't really know what they're doing. And if you're continually building on your field, whatever you're working on. So every time that apprentice goes to work, he's learning something new. And in two or three years' time, when he's finished his apprenticeship, he can be a fantastic builder. But it's not over then. You're going to continue to grow. You're going to continue to learn going forward. So not just settling for what you know now and thinking that that's enough because that's going to bring boredom because you're just hanging there doing the same thing in the same way and your passion dies your significance dies because it's just punching a number it's just standing behind a checkout right <laughs> but how could you be the best you can possibly be if you are working at a supermarket right now on exactly. a checkout how could you go to manager how could you then go to manager into the office what would you then do to get from the office to managing the entire supermarket like wherever you begin is just your beginning and it shouldn't be where you decide to end. It should just be the place where you now start or, becoming a master. Or even, you know, you can just become a master. So it doesn't have to be an end as such, or you don't have to, to change that uh, as such. So I'll give you an example of a story that came to mind when I was thinking about this, which is just a little bit outside the box, but it has to be shared because it is a great story. So for anyone that knows us, knows that we're quite passionate about road cycling, or at least we were about two or three years ago when... Uh, I wasn't struggling with some health issues. So we've always loved cycling and we've always loved training for cycling. So it wouldn't be unheard of for us to go for a fun cycle on Sundays, let's say, you know, 60, 
80Ks. In, in fact, we probably wouldn't hop on our bike for anything under 50Ks on the weekend. It just it wouldn't be worth it because we were starting to become the mastery or masters of cycling. Did it start off that way? No way. Like we had sore for JJ's, man. Like that was a real thing. There like, were tears. There were actual tears there on were actual like 20-kilometer cycles. <laughs> from Sam. Not from Ish. There was from Sam. So what ended up happening is years and years and years of training. You know, we didn't just... We weren't able to just do 100Ks or 200Ks or 300K events anymore. Not events, you know, we did, I think we did a 400 one over four days at one time. Mm. But the specific event that we'd, we'd gone to train for, we, you know, we left Rotorua and we were going to Fakatani. Now we're talking five, oh, we're probably talking 10 years of solid cycling and we didn't, you know, 100K events every year up to that. And this was a 100K event that they changed at the last minute. And we had become the masters in our field, well at least we thought we had. And so there were three girls and we thought, well, we're gonna catch up to this pack and because, you know, we feel really cool and we can keep up with them. And so we jumped onto this pack. And lo and behold, it was dominated by males. So if these males listen to this podcast, no offense, but this is still a good story that needs to be told. So we were in a pack full of men and there's a certain etiquette when you're cycling in packs and you know, they were rotating through the front and we get to the front and they were like trying to coach us and teach us how to cycle because we were like the sad little pathetic females at the back. And I don't take to that lightly and neither did Sam or neither did Michelle that we were cycling with at the moment. So what ended up happening was we sort of gave each other the eye and we let them take the lead and we let them treat us like these females and and they're trying to coach us on how to have etiquette in a pack and you know you've got to stay within the pack because we're going to get you there faster and we will look after you and we will make sure that you do your best time ever and and it just felt really degrading and so what we did is we made a little eye contact pack with us and we thought we're going to split from the pack now what that meant was that you know, the leader who at that time was Michelle, a friend of ours, and she took the lead and then I came in second, Sam came in third. So for the last remaining 50Ks of that 100K bike ride, we were busting our guts. Now I'm talking about busting our guts to the point that we were gonna vomit because we could, we would do whatever it took, whatever it took for that pack not to catch us. Now we've got a pack full of 15 or 20 men that are elite cyclists and you've got these three girls that come along and think that they're all that. And so we just kept going and going and going and going. We would never have been able to do that had we not have been masters in our field. So that took years and years of practice, years and years of training, years and years of events. But let me tell you, like we would have died before we let them catch up to us, right? We were almost dying. I'm sure you would have vomited at the time, Sam. It was that bad, right? I was, I was the one at the back going, they're 100 meters behind us. They're looking like they're getting closer. Go faster. <laughs> and, and when we got to the end, right, we definitely felt significant because what, this was the thing. We got to the end. We thought we've got to quickly get off our bike, pretend that we've been here for half an hour and celebrate them while they came in. Now, is that a really good resourceful way of getting your significance need met? You might say no, but let me tell you, that was just a beautiful way of making me feel unique, feel really important, and damn, did I feel special. So I also felt really extremely fulfilled. Had I not have mastered cycling, right? Had I not have put in the hours and hours and hours and hours and weeks and months of training, because this is a really, I couldn't even tell you how, how many hours we'd spent in cycle training over the years. 
I couldn't, I, I mean, struggle to cycle 20k right now. But you know what I'm saying is it doesn't just come down to a skill set in an area that you think that you need to master. This could be a sport. This yeah. could be, you know, what else could it be? A parent. Absolutely. Master, mastering yes. parenting skills, mastering cooking skills. Mastering, mastering leadership. Leadership yeah. skills. Mastering being the best instructor you can be, the best coach that you can be, the best podcaster that you can be. Mastering not being lazy skills. You know, like getting up early in the morning, setting your alarm, having a morning routine. Anything that you put your mind to that you decide that you're going to become the best you can possibly be at that thing gives you a significant purpose versus lying around, doing nothing, being a victim, um, putting other people down, gossiping, mm. being a rebel because you don't want to get up in the morning so you're going to sleep till 11 and you know, you're not going to show up to work because you don't even care. And there's a great quote by Steve Jobs that Ursh is going to share with you. Oh, okay. Your work is going to fill a large part of your life. And the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. And I believe that that is one way of saying that if you master something that you're really passionate about, then you're going to get your significance need probably unconsciously if I'm fair, but you're going to get it met resourcefully, which means it's super good for you, super good for others, and then it focuses on helping you become your potential. So that is a wrap. We have just smashed out how to feel more fulfilled when it comes to getting your significance need met. Let's just do a quick recap. So let's go. So first one is leader of self and others. So take the lead. Number two is volunteer work. Number three, speaking up. Don't be quiet. Don't hold it in. Let it out. Number four, achieve a goal. And number five, mastery in your field of endeavor, in your passion, in everything you do. Become a master. There we have it. We have managed to wrap up our significant session today. Again, I'm going to ask you to think about where you're currently sitting. Are you more frustrated at the moment with getting your significance need met or more fulfilled? Because now you have awareness around where you are and what you identify with. You get to, to be the CEO of your life and you can create change wherever and whenever you want. Until next time, everybody, have an amazing week. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend or share it on the socials. And don't forget to tag me on hashtag MFM, Mind Fitness Mentor. And if nobody's told you today, remember, you are loved, you matter, and you are more than enough. Remember, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. I can't wait to see you then.